I'm really excited for this morning. As Em said, um, it's something I spent some, some time in prayer earlier in the year and really felt that we needed to engage with our local community. And I presented that, I had a chat with Steve and Trace and the core team. And I, I think it's something that as a church that we can definitely do. So starting today, obviously with LifeGate, and we've got a few others through August. There's a few local um, ministries, one that's going to be launched out of our own church as well that I want to talk about and promote and get you guys praying for, believing for the breakthrough that's that's going to come. And so this morning, um, this message is a bit of a bit of an introduction. Uh, it's um, without the Holy Spirit, we can't unconditionally love. We can't, you know, use the giftings that we have. Like Lauren spoke about, she's not a natural leader, but that's the Holy Spirit that raises these things up in us. So this morning, I kind of want to want to talk about how we carry the presence. And we may not know that we carry the presence. We may not know who He is or have experience in outworking that or don't know how to carry. So today is about setting up how we can uh, encounter, know, and live with the presence of God. So I think it's going to be a, a, a little bit of fun. And so Dan, I just want to encourage you, worship-wise, this morning, like Em and I were chatting, halfway through, we're like, you can feel the expectation in this place, and you guys absolutely smashed it, so I'm looking forward to when you guys get back up here in a little bit. Um, so I'm just going to pray quickly to start. Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you reign and rule on high. We thank you uh, that you use us for your glory in so many different ways, Lord, and I just pray that you would speak through me uh, this morning as we go on this journey. In Jesus' name, amen. So I actually preached a, a, a variation of this message on Wednesday night uh, at the Young Adults event. Um, it, was a, it was a lot of fun and something we've been doing uh, at the Young Adults nights uh, this year when both campuses have combined is we've been unpacking the core values of the church. And so one of our core, core values is contending for the supernatural. And so this morning, uh, that's what this is all about. And so the definition of contending is to assert something as a position. So similar words would be to affirm, to believe in, to declare or give credibility to. So as a church, we value and affirm the supernatural power and presence of God in our Christian walk. It's an integral part of who we are. It's a it's a non-negotiable. You know, we, we know you hear all the ads where you sign up for something and you get a free set of steak knives as, as, a, as an added bonus or an added extra, extra or added incentive. Holy Spirit contending for the supernatural isn't the steak knives. It's the initial thing that we go and get. And you know, I've shared before that that wasn't always the case for me. I, early Christian teaching was that the Holy Spirit's just this weird thing that doesn't really exist today and... Uh, you know, it was just for the early church. And I've come to the point where it's basically my life source. I can't get up here and do this without the Holy Spirit and His influence uh, in my life. And I know that for all of us, we're in that same boat, that without the Holy Spirit, we can't do what we are called to do. So today, after all that, I affirm, pursue, believe in and contend for the superpower, supernatural power of God in my life and the lives of those around me, which includes all of you. That's something that I pray, is that we would be a, a group of Christians, a group of people who contend for the supernatural power 
and presence of God in our lives. And now some of you may be going, but Jimmy, I don't even know the Holy Spirit. I haven't experienced Him, so how can I contend for the supernatural? Good question. I want to unpack that a little bit today, but I also want to encourage you that you know, if you haven't, we're going to give you an opportunity later where we're going to pray for people during worship. And you may have actually experienced him and just not recognized the voice. And so I want to unpack that a little bit today as well. And so there are three key things, I believe, that we need in order to successfully contend for the supernatural power and presence of God in our lives. The first one is intimacy with God. So actually establishing that relationship of getting to know who he is and what he stands for and allowing him into our lives and sharing about him. The second one is the faith to believe that we have the access to the Holy Ghost and can be used to show the power of God in the world. And that's a big one. We, we let so many things get in the way of that. And we need to actually have that faith to believe that we can be used. And the third one is an obedience or a willingness to step out in the authority and the power that we carry. And so things like LifeGate are an incredible opportunity for us to take a step. You know what Kelly does with Mainly Play, there's another avenue to reaching our community where we can take a step. All the things that we do in our lives, we have an opportunity to take a step in obedience and willingness to bring that supernatural power and presence of God into any situation. You know, intimacy with God is central to who we are. We can't grow as Christians if we don't have intimacy with God. Like, it's the basic bare minimum. Like, it's, if this is the first step in your walk with God, it's, it's knowing who God is. Because if you're going to become more like something, you kind of want to know who they are and what they're like. And so we need to build from that level. He is the vine and we are the branches. We're not separate from God. As his kids, we are part of the family. And if Jesus, who was fully God and fully man, needed to retreat and spend time with God, how much more do we? Like if you look at the Garden of Gethsemane, in in the time leading up to Jesus being arrested and, and hung on a cross to die for all of us, he took his, his intimates, his closest friends from within his disciples into the garden to pray with him. And we all know that they fell asleep a couple of times and let him down a bit. But still, he went, he prayed with them and then went and prayed by himself. After every time he ministered to people, he went away and prayed and retreated to recharge his batteries. Like we can't give to people if we're dry. If we don't have that access and that constant flow from above, we can't go out and give that power of God into situations. We can't go out and transform the world around us if, we've gotten, if we're not receiving this way. Like it is the very starting point is talking to God. He knew, Jesus knew that he needed the help of the Father as we do. And there is power when we plug into the source. The question is, how often do we plug in? Or maybe we're plugged in, but how often do we flick the switch and turn it on? Like I look in the Old Testament, Moses and the, and the tabernacle, like he created this ornate big box that he had people carry around 
wherever they went. And that was the presence of God. Joshua, when he led the Israelites across the Jordan River, the first thing into the river so that they could cross it was the tabernacle. The last thing out was the tabernacle because they knew that the power of God could do miracles, could do things that we can't in the natural. And the thing is, that's all changed now. Like through Jesus, when he ascended, he sent us his Holy Spirit. So we don't have to lugger around this massive heavy box to experience the power and the presence of God. It's a part of who we are. So how often do we engage with the presence within us and communicate with the Father above? We don't need that box. And we can learn, like we go everywhere with it as it is, but we learn that the early Israelite leaders, they went everywhere. They understood the importance of going everywhere with the Holy Spirit. So how often do we engage with that in ourselves? You know, intimacy with God makes us a vessel and a reflector of God's love. And that's what being a disciple is all about. You know, in Jesus' great commission, he says, go and make disciples and calls ourselves to discipleship. And that's all about becoming more like the person that we follow. And that means getting to know God personally, not just about him, but who he is. And we've got to let him into our world as well. We need to engage with him so he can work in our lives. You know, we can engage with him through the Bible. That's a pretty good way to, pretty good starting point to engage with who he is. There's prayer and you don't have to be in church on a Sunday morning to read your Bible or to pray. Like you can do that each and every day wherever you are. You know, and I want to give it up to Mike and, and Terry and the team who are here every Wednesday night praying for an hour for our church, for our city, for our community. You know, some of the things that we, we talked about as we've seen change in and breakthrough comes from these guys being here every week, willing to pray. And we can pray and believe for, for whatever comes on. You know, going to a connect group and plugging in with a group of people. Because, yes, Jesus retreated to spend time with God, to be refilled, but he was always with his people. And we need that. We need to be encouraged. And part of our intimacy with God is we can give that, give of who God is to other people. When we know God, we can give that to other people. And we can encourage each other. You know, getting involved in the different ministries that, that we do in the church. It's not just a, an isolated, we just do our own little thing. But collaboratively together, we can take this. You know, when Jesus ascended after his death and resurrection, he said he would send a helper. He said he would send us the Holy Spirit. And so we have the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. Jesus said that. He said that we would do even greater things than him. Let that sink in. He walked on water. He raised people from the dead, even himself. He healed people. All of these things. And he says that we would do even greater than him. 
So we carry the presence within us, but are we using what we carry? Are we positioning ourselves in a way to contend for or affirm the supernatural power and presence of God in our lives? The Holy Spirit unlocks the power and authority in our lives. He helps us to dream, to take risks, to believe without seeing, to act in love and mercy and compassion. This is who the Holy Spirit is. He helps us to do these things. You know, Jesus spoke a lot about the kingdom of God. And this is something so intrinsically linked to contending for the supernatural. You know, we say in the Lord's Prayer that on earth as it is in heaven. When we are contending for the supernatural, when we have that intimacy with God, we start to see heaven invade the earth. We start to see a little bit of heaven interrupting here. So we need to contend and affirm and believe in the supernatural power of God. We want to see heaven invade the earth, yeah? When we have intimacy with the Father, we have a lifeline to heaven. And we can see the supernatural power of God at work. So we need to embrace the power source. We've got to plug in. In order to see the miraculous, to see healings, to see breakthrough, amen? Rhetorical question, but I want you to think about it. How can you enhance your intimacy with God? How can you enhance that in your life? You know, in Acts chapter 2, and Em and I talked about this a few weeks ago on Pentecost weekend, we have the upper room experience. That's what we commonly call it now. But the disciples went to this room. Jesus said, I'm going to send you a helper. You need to wait for him to come. I'm going to send you a helper. And they go up there and they're praying. It's not just the disciples, there's about 120 people, men and women, in that room praying. And then a mighty rushing wind and tongues of fire come in. Christianity was changed forever. The church was completely changed. The world was completely changed because of that. The Holy Ghost was desirable, exciting, revolutionary. Thing is, he still is. Do we believe that? Do we believe that he is still desirable, exciting, revolutionary and can change the world? Because like Jesus, he's the same today, yesterday and forever. We need to believe that. So what I've learned from this story is that they waited. They were obedient. They were told to go and wait and they waited. And they were praying. They're like, okay, Jesus, you've said you're going to send this helper. We're just going to pray until he comes. And they gathered together. And it wasn't in a synagogue or a church building. So this prayer, this encountering the supernatural power and presence of God can happen anytime, anywhere. You just got to be alert and ready and willing to embrace that. And then they received it, but they didn't just receive and that was the end of the story. They received and then they took it out into the world. And we need to do the same. We need to be willing to, to wait on God, to pray to God and go, God, give me what I need to go into this situation. To not be afraid of meeting together, but also not being afraid to pray by ourselves. Because we all have a voice and all have the ability to pray. We need to activate his power and authority in our lives by being filled or baptized in the Holy Ghost. We need that. 
From the upper room to the world over, these flames of fire were contagious, igniting believers wherever they went. Now, I want to kind of demonstrate this using a, a <laughs> Nerf gun. So, I might shoot... If you think you're going to get hit, you can cover your face. I'm not trying to injure anybody. But when we carry the power of God, it flows out of us and just hits people anyway. However it goes, it just shoots out of us and can go into anybody. Whatever situation we go into, the Holy Spirit flows out of us. And we've got to be aware of this. Like, we take that into the world. And so intimacy with God is essential in knowing the Holy Spirit and receiving the power and authority from Him. But we need more than that. We need faith to believe that we have access to the Holy Spirit and can be used to show the power of God in the world. So in the very next chapter, in Acts chapter 3, we see an amazing story of a miracle performed by Peter and John. So they had the intimacy with God. They had received the power of the Holy Spirit. And now the next step is the faith to believe in what they carry. And so we need the Holy Spirit. Em, can you just pass me up that picture, please? So in order to be involved in transforming the world around us, we need to first be transformed. And intimacy with God is key to this, but so is faith, believing we have the access and can be used. We become more like Christ and therefore are transformed if we have the faith. And this is something I was given for my 21st birthday. And if you can't read it, it's the nine fruits of the Spirit. And most of these things, probably all of these things, I can't naturally do myself. I'm not patient. Uh, Self-control, usually if there's donuts or something like that involved, self-control goes out the window, that sort of thing. These aren't things that any of us can do by ourselves. But the power of God in our lives gives us these things. Do we have the faith to believe that we have been transformed by the Holy Spirit and therefore can go and bring that transformation wherever we go? So in Acts chapter 3, I just want to quickly read... uh, read this story starting in verse 1 and it says one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts when he saw Peter and John about to enter he asked them for money Peter looked straight at him as did John then Peter said look at us so the man gave them his attention expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. You know, they, they took that. They didn't just stop with the receiving, but they went straight into the world. And straight away, we see an opportunity for them to have the faith to believe that something cool could happen. You know, the guy saw them and expected to receive something. And some theologians would say they've come, past, come by in the past and just given him 
a few coins. And so this is a sign that things have changed within them. So when people interact with you and get to know you, do they expect to receive something? And what do they expect to receive? The other thing I really like is that he didn't just say walk and, li- and then just kept walking. He said walk, reached out his hand, lifted the guy up, which says Peter knew exactly what he was saying. So do we believe that we have the power and the authority to say, hey, walk, lift the person up, and they're going to walk? Because we carry that. and We need to believe that. You know, we have the power within us, the presence of God in our lives to transform the world around us, to bring a new normal, to see as it is on earth as it is in heaven. We all possess this ability to bring transformation, amen? We need to believe this. You know, I, I kind of feel like this whole contending for the supernatural thing can sometimes become maybe not taboo but it's something oh somebody might think I'm a little bit weird if I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit and talk about the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives and we kind of just if there's a rug we just sweep it under the rug a little bit and only bring it out with people that we know will be okay with us talking about it fact is the Holy Spirit is a part of who we are the Holy Spirit is a part of who we are there's no point denying it and if we want to change the world around us We need to embrace Him. We need to embrace the Holy Spirit in our lives. Let's see people, bring people to church for healing, for breakthrough, to be delivered, to be set free, to be healed, to see chains fallen off their lives. You know, I think about that story when Jesus was praying in a house and the queues were so long and these four guys brought their mate couldn't get in so they climb up on the roof hoist up a bloke who's paralyzed then open up the roof and drop him down and he's healed let's be a church where people know hey if we go there we're getting transformed something is gonna change we got to believe that we got to believe that we can all be involved in that do we have the faith to believe that he will do that we will do even greater things than Jesus. Those are his words to us. Do we believe it? Remember that we have the same access to God that Jesus did. He was and is eternally God, but still he chose to be eternally yielded or surrendered to the Father. Hey, Lakin. He set the example of what life could be when we are fully surrendered to God, these greater things. And this should be an encouragement to all of us as it means we can do all that Jesus did plus some if we are completely surrendered to him. Now, I've spoken once before of a guy named Gypsy Smith and whenever he went into a a city, he was an evangelist, he'd kneel down on the ground and draw a circle around himself and say, God, Bring revival to this city, but let it start inside this circle. Revival starts within us. We all talk about it, and we need to take the responsibility for our faith. We need to activate it together and individually. We are also responsible for how we engage with God and His supernatural power and presence in our lives. 
So we need to revive what God has spoken and done in our lives. Revive the supernatural power and presence of the Holy Ghost in our lives. Revival starts with us. And if we want to see the world transformed, we've got to let the Holy Spirit transform us. Not just hold it to ourselves and hoard it, but then go out into the world around us and see it changed. Amen? So we need to have the intimacy with the Father and trust Him that we can have the faith, the belief that what He says we can do, we can do. That what He calls us to, we can do. We are all called to be ministers and disciples and to go and make disciples through the supernatural power of God. did this earlier in the year, demonstration with a bottle. That's the supernatural power and presence of God in our lives, everything inside of that bottle. But when we lack the faith or we let things of the world get in the way, we put a lid on God. We put a lid on what God can do in how he uses us. We need to let the love of God, the sacrifice Jesus made, his shed blood that washes us clean. We need to let those things wash over us and purify us so that we can accept the gift of supernatural power from God and then the faith to use it. Let's just go for it, yeah? Let's see what happens. After all, there was no record of Jesus' shadow healing people, but there was of Peter's. greater things. Paul used cloth offcuts. He prayed over them, sent them out. They were put on people and they were healed. Jesus didn't do that. Paul did. Greater things. We need to have the faith to believe that mountains can move, broken hearts can be bound, restoration can come, people will be healed, prison walls will come crashing down, Jesus' sacrifice sets us free and his resurrection empowers us. His ascension equips us with the Holy Spirit. Let's stop waiting for a move of God and realize that we are a move of God. We are a move of God. We just have to believe it and embrace it. Let's bring heaven to earth. And so it's not just the ability to believe it. We need to have an obedience and a willingness to step out in the authority that we carry. In Luke chapter 5, there's a, there's a story where a guy comes to Jesus and goes, if you are willing, would you pray for me? And Jesus is like, you know what? I'm willing. Reaches out and the guy is healed. How willing are we to pray for people? How willing are we to believe that the supernatural power and presence of God is within us and flows through us wherever we go? In this story, there's another, act, another thing of an action of Jesus reaching out to touch the guy. Let's not be people who just say, oh yeah, I'll pray for you. And we may very well pray, but let's believe, I'm going to lay hands, I'm going to believe that what I'm praying for is going to come to pass. That I'm going to stand with you and believe this. And we see Peter and John in Acts 3 were willing. It may not have been why they went to the temple to do this, but they were willing to pray. We see in Acts chapter 8, story of Philip, and he's just walking along a path and God tells him, no, I want you to go down to this path. And there's an Ethiopian eunuch coming in a chariot who's trying to read this section of Isaiah. And Philip's like, do you want some help with that? 
chats to him, prays for him, takes him down to a lake and he's baptized. Philip was willing. In John 5, Jesus tells a paralytic to pick up his mat, get up and walk. He was always willing. And Jesus wanted to empower this man to not be confined to the mat and to live for him. And so that's the same for us. Let's get off whatever mat stops us from being willing or obedient to what God is. Whether it's shame, whether it's feeling unworthy, we don't feel like we're good enough or the gifting belongs to us. I don't have any of the fruits of the Spirit or the gifts of the Holy Spirit naturally. That's all Him. And it's the same for all of us. And we all have the ability to pray and to minister and to speak God's Word. Let's believe it. We have this power. And so if we are going to ask people to get off the mat, we need to as well. We need to be willing to get a little bit uncomfortable. To get off our mat of comfort, security, normalcy, unworthiness, whatever it is. We need to let these go and move into a place of intimacy with the Father. Faith in who He says we are and transformation in living with obedience so we can help others. Can I get the band to come up, please? You know, church, the Holy Spirit isn't outdated. He isn't overrated. And He isn't irrelevant. He is active in and around us at all times. We have been commissioned, equipped to do this task with Jesus to accomplish what only He can accomplish. We have been given this supernatural power and presence of God to not just keep to ourselves and our own little bubble, but to bring into our church community and the broader community around us. So Bayside Frankston, young and old, all generations, let's see revival. Let's see heaven invade the earth. Let nothing be the same because we are a people who have intimacy with the Father, who have the faith to believe we have access to and can use the supernatural power of God, who have the willingness and obedience to step up, who contend for the supernatural in the lives of those around us and who let the power flow through us. Amen? Are you ready? Are you ready for what God wants to do? So I've asked the band to play a, a couple of songs and so feel free to just remain in a, in a place of worship. But if you want prayer, whether to be filled with the Holy Spirit, whether you want prayer for breakthrough in a certain area, whether you want prayer to have the boldness to be used, to, to have the faith and to step out. If there's a blockage in your life that's preventing you from having intimacy with God, whatever it is you want prayer for, come forward. And if you don't want prayer, that's cool. The Holy Spirit still ministers to you anyway. But I encourage you to worship. If you need to run off, that's okay. But if you want prayer and you've got to run off, then come, come for prayer first. But worship, and when you're ready, come and pray. And we've got the core team, connect group leaders. We want to pray for you guys and stand with you to believe this to see the transformation in our church that flows into our community. So, Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for the supernatural power and presence of your Holy Spirit in our lives.
And I just pray that we would be a church who have intimacy with you, who have the faith to believe that your spirit is for us to go out into the world and transform it. And we have the willingness to take those steps. So Father, come and minister to us today. Come and have your way. So as we worship, Lord God, just hear this, that this is for your glory. We just raise up our praise. We raise up our worship to you and to you alone. Just come and meet us where we're at today. In Jesus' name, amen. So why don't you stand and, and, and worship. And if you want some prayer, come down the front.